clearly accounts payable and or invoice automation is here to stay. I need to be clear about that. Both my guest and I agree on that because what we're going to talk about is the actual utilization of those models once they are purchased and implemented. I think it's important that listeners understand that we both believe this is a good thing and it will be here to stay because you may not think so by the time we get to the end of this. Okay. What's more, PDS have come to play a huge role in many automation efforts, and that has not always gone as smoothly as we'd like. To that end, I'm joined by Dan French, a very knowledgeable professional who has a lot of interesting thoughts to share. We were on a group call with about 20 other folks when he said something that intrigued me, intrigued me enough to follow up with him afterwards, and hopefully get him to come on the broadcast and spill the tea, so to speak. So Dan, I want to break the conversation into two areas. Let me throw a few quick questions to you to get started. What is your estimate of the percentage of companies that have at least started on some sort of an AP automation journey? Right, Mary, that's a, that's a great question. And I thought about this and it's kind of, it's nuanced like all these questions are. I'd say companies over a billion in revenue, if, if you assume that ERPs do, they, they make the start of AP automation, then 95% of companies are doing something in that way. But once you start looking more about automating the the real mechanics of invoice capture um, yeah, and the kind of the routing and approval and matching with GRs and all that stuff. There's you know there's additional stuff you need, and I'd say probably in in the above billion dollar revenue range, I'd say kind of fifty percent. Okay, yeah. and of course those numbers decline as revenue declines. Yeah, and as revenue goes up, it gets up to ninety five percent. So if you're in the Ten billion dollar plus range. Ninety-five percent of those folks are doing something, and you know how well that's going and varies from company to company, obviously. Yeah. Okay. And if let's say you're in the two hundred to five hundred million, you want to take a guess at what that number is? Well, again, you've got to separate out people doing having some form of ERP. I'd say again, that's pretty high. I'd say that's probably 75 80 percent. Mm -hmm. In terms of doing the kind of AP specific mechanics. I say that gets a lot smaller. I get, I get yeah, down to 40, 50%. Okay. So what are your expectations for the next few years as far as starting some sort of an automation project in accounts payable? Of course? There's, a, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of new automation players coming onto the market, which is good news. I mean, it's good news in general for the industry. It's obviously mm -hmm. difficult for organizations because they've got a lot of people to, to understand what they do and why they're different. And obviously, you know, developments in machine learning and AI are definitely helping they're not helping at quite the speed we would have liked them to, but, uh, but they're helping. So I'd say this is this problem isn't going away. Um, right. Not not any not in our lifetimes, basically. Right. 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 I have some funny stories which I you know, I won't bore the audience with now about trying to use AI and the advice I got. And you know I'd also invite the audience to put their projections in the comments below, whatever they think. This will be kind of interesting to see. Once purchased, uh, an automation solution like anything else, I guess, is rarely 100% smooth tailing. What are you seeing as far as utilization after, say, six months or a year? Certainly within a year, and in some cases, 18 months, organizations, I'd say most organizations that invest in a technology are using it, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. But right. the challenge is, invariably, the expectations in the business case about the scale of impact and how quickly that impact will happen are always over-optimistic. So mm -hmm. whilst all the organizations are within 18 months, you know, like 98% are using the right. technologies, I would say of that 98%, I mean, 99% of them are saying this is actually not quite as significant as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I agree with you. 
All right, now before we get to the PDF problem, which is a huge one in my humble opinion, yeah. I have to tell you, Dan, that I love your periodic newsletter, Something to Consider. Oh, thank did you. That title, did that title have anything to do with selecting Consider as the name of your company? <laughs> and you can tell us how and why you picked Consider well, as the name. That's a funny story. So um, when we started doing the newsletter a few years ago, the company was already called Consider Solutions and people were thinking about a name. And uh, the first name for the newsletter was going to be consider this because it was a phrase out of an REM song. I like but, that. And I quite like that, but then apparently there was some reason we didn't choose that. It's and probably a trademark issue, copyright issue. <laughs> So, so having to consider worked out but the funny thing is the reason the company was called consider solutions is i mean uh, when we started out i was kind of working out we, were, we already work we're trading and doing stuff and i said what's a good name for a company because it's it you know you, you forget that you know every company name before it became well known was kind of weird right <laughs> you, it's sort of nothing sounds right so and a good friend of mine rod banner who happened to be a executive at the wpp advertising group i said if anybody knows it's him right. and he said to me he was very good he sat down and said so tell me what is it you do so we had this long conversation and he didn't ask me any questions i just talked about we're looking at business problems process problems and technology problems and there's all this received wisdom out there and what we're trying to do is help people really think beyond the received wisdom and really get to the root cause and consider what this and consider that anyway at the end of this consider this consider that at the end of about i don't know my 15 minute monologue which is about enough for any human being to survive he um he said well dan he said um what's interesting to me is you know the word that comes out most in what you've said to me is consider you're asking people to consider so why do you call a company consider i went well that was good i have to pay you for this and he said no luckily he was a friend exactly yes <laughs> So yeah, that was that. So, it's, uh, so thank you, Rod, if you're listening. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it is a good name. It is a good name. All right, Dan, let's talk about PDFs. And first of all, I just want to make it clear to the audience that while neither the US or the UK is formally involved at this moment in any of the electronic invoicing mandates circling, I guess, the rest of the globe, it's something that we need to be aware of. If I understand that issue correctly, P the PDF invoices that we have all come to know and love don't hold up in that environment. So again, not an issue for the US or the UK, at least right now. We also got to think about the future. Um, is that your understanding, Dan? Yeah, I mean, we're in an interesting world, which, um, you know, a lot of organizations, I mean, just before COVID, a lot of organizations are still processing paper invoices, mm -hmm. scanning them in large quantities. And, and obviously, COVID did something to kind of, you know, knock that on the head a bit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, PDFs are a bigger percentage. Um, but obviously, PDFs aren't intelligent documents. They just, I mean, you can't, there is an intelligent form PDF, but when you just scan something and turn it into PDF, it's not an intelligent document. And, um, and the challenge with these continuous transaction controls, these, these regulations coming out, mm -hmm. and I, I guarantee it will hit the US and Canada and the UK at some point because governments are realizing they're losing a lot of sales tax. They're losing yes. VAT in Europe, using sales tax in America because, because people aren't declaring it and they're giving people a holiday on sales tax it's not only sales tax dan over here it's income tax it's every tax okay so, yeah so the idea of these continuous transaction controls and the the demand for, for electronic invoicing is that governments particularly you know so the classic cases companies you uh, sorry countries you might have associated with a, a more vat kind of avoidance or tax avoidance than others they're busy saying no we, you you if you're running a business to business transaction that has to go through a portal where that information is available to the government. And you know what, you know, that's fine, but it just makes life a bit more complicated. So, but the invoices have to be machine readable. So right. the apps are kind of, will 
PDFs will kind of become less significant over time, but it is a long, slow process. And certainly in North America and in and in most of Europe at the moment, Northern Europe, you still, you know, that's still a dominant form. And, you know, thank God we, we are largely getting rid of paper invoices, although there's still a surprising amount of them. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And, and we're not even, honestly, we're not even talking about that electronic uh, invoice mandate over here. Although I have to think the day that a country, I don't know which one, comes out and says, hey, we collected 24 24% more uh, tax revenue because we of this, um, that's going to be an eye-opener. But anyway. Well, I got some data. I picked up some data that said in Europe alone, the, the sales tax, or VAT as it's called in Europe, the gap, as in what's not being collected that should be collected, is 140 billion euros. Yeah, yeah. It's, a it's a huge number over here, too. It's a huge number. And if you look at that across a you know an economy that's roughly the same a collective economy, roughly the same size as the U.S. economy, 140 billion. You can do an awful lot with that. It, it, <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of money. hospitals and yeah, yeah, especially when um, over here, and I'm sure it's the same over there. Uh, politicians are loath to raise taxes because then their voters won't return them to to office. So exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, but we won't go down that road. Okay, but the PDF issue that you and I were talking about, that is, is one of them, but a more basic and more uh, present issue is the fact that when those PDF uh, come in as an email, which honestly I've been advocating for, um, the transition from that to email isn't smooth, is it? Uh, no, but from I that think, to automation rather. No, that's true. And I, I think, I mean, when we were, when most organizations were doing a lot of scanning of paper invoices, that scanning was scanning to PDF generally anyway. So that's mm -hmm. what happened, but that was a massive cost and effort associated doing that. And now most organizations are saying the minimum acceptable level is you send us a PDF by email. And I think that's fair in this day and age. Anybody can send, even a mom and pop shop can send right. a PDF invoice. So that's great. But because a PDF isn't an intelligent document, um, it's not machine readable in its own right. So somebody, so either somebody's got to read it and type the data in, we need some technology to try and get out the bits that are relevant, like the date and the vendor and the address and the bank details and the value and the tax and all that good mm -hmm. stuff. Now, you know, the, the reality is that's slightly more challenging than you might like. Um, right. Half the time, of course, suppliers don't actually put all the relevant information on the invoice, whatever it is, which is the first level. So we've got to sort that out. Uh, but uh, certainly, you know, PDFs are a challenge. So we've got to get the data out of um, an unintelligent PDF into systems and, and that's where the issue is and lots of companies are trying to solve that problem and they're doing it to a greater or lesser extent and obviously the intelligent you know the, the next step a lot of people are using edi right. for direct procurement that's usually got xml based intelligent understanding so you don't need to worry about this it's going straight into the erp system that's great but if you're a if you're a supplier which isn't a, a very high volume direct supplier to another organization putting some kind of machine readable invoice out, it's kind of complicated. It's its not its not as easy as people imply. No. And then you've got the other issue, which we've had forever, is that all invoices aren't the same. So it okay. could be up here on one and it might be over there on the other. Okay. You say it might not be there at all yeah. on, on, on others. Okay. So when they are reading, uh, when the information comes in in a PDF, however, and then it gets read into the automation solution, um, you were talking about some startling numbers as far as um, uh, not needing further human intervention. So one of the things that's always interesting with these kind of, well, with lots of technologies, you, you get lots of statistics, which are very impressive. So it's normally common to hear that a technology has a 99.99% success rate, which sounds wonderful. So that means right. that for every 100 invoices I get in, there's only one 
that I, or even half of one I have to look at. Well, look, of course, it depends what you mean by success. So they might be 99.99% successful in turning a PDF into another asset in the ERP. But the big question, is it an accurate representation of the original invoice? And that is, you know, that's quite often down at the 30% mark. Oh, you know, that's a way different story. Right. Now, I know there's a lot of work going on to improve that. And there's a lot of specific situations that can make that better. But we've got to be realistic about the fact that when you've got a lot of suppliers with lots of different invoice formats, you know, that's kind of what you're starting with. And then you so it's so the key point is no technology is a silver bullet. You've got to work out how we're going to get down this roadmap to kind of cut out all this manual effort in dealing with exceptions. The problem, as I see it for the accounts payable staff, is management typically, in, in uh, my hypothetical case, buys this solution and they see the 99.9% uh, figure and they're like, oh, we can get rid of everybody in you know in a week, which that, that's a whole other issue. And then, then there's the reality of the 30 or the 40% success rate. And yeah, and you also see lots of scenarios where you start these initiatives and, and of course there's tools that aim just to do the invoice ingestion mm -hmm. through the tools that claim to do the whole end-to-end -end cycle from source to payment. Mm -hmm. but, you know, these require massive change, process change. And mm -hmm. you have organizations who have a big business case, they spend lots of money and they've got to, you know, transform, save 80% of the staff. And then they realize actually behaviorally it doesn't quite work. So it only really works for you know, 10% of the supply base, in which case you go, well, so that's not really had the impact you wanted. No, I mean, it's something, but it's not what we're planning. So what do you think this means for automation projects that rely heavily on pulling invoices directly from email? Well, um, it means that you've got to be very focused on invoice ingestion. You've got to be very focused on the quality of that and how you're going to get that data in. So you've got to get your you know your chosen shortlisted suppliers to run a really good proof of concept with you not some yeah you know, on your data not their data you've right. got to be able to say what's this going to look like for our suppliers and take you know take ten thousand invoices put it through the thing if they don't want to do that then you've got a problem already mm -hmm. but you know that's more and more of the companies are starting to offer that and i think that's a critical thing and then you've got to say to yourself okay you know they obviously everyone claims to have a machine learning algorithm that says whatever you start with it'll get better over time right well that's possible but machine learning doesn't necessarily work that way <laughs> so you've just got to have you, you want to know where you start and you've got to have a realistic plan for where you're going to get to okay. and it's not just about the technology you need to implement some policies you need to communicate those policies well if the invoices don't have the information on that you need no technology is going to fix it right, right. so <laughs> i think sometimes this belief that the technology is a silver bullet and and i have to say at least half of the issues and i think that's conservative they're behavioral both on the company side and the supplier side and you're right. going to keep that because it ain't right. going to it's not going to be successful otherwise so do you see the service providers being able to fix this i think they're making progress um i do think the challenge is because everyone's and particularly we're in a you know white heat of ai this year on the back yeah, of yeah. <laughs> so everyone's very keen to try and you know support this argument that ai will do it all the truth is you need some serious process change and i think there's an understatement about how much you need to change the process and we know your best bet is change the process and policies first right. and then apply the automation if you apply the automation first it's just kind of complicated and it makes life unnecessarily so so um so just make sure you're clear on how to streamline simplify the process by segment by different you know spend journey work it out work out where the technology is going to apply do a good poc and you know if you do it in that order you'll probably be in pretty good shape okay so any 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 recommendations assuming that we're not getting to this 
99.999% accuracy anytime soon anyway. Well, the most important recommend, I mean, given what I've said about POCs, that's a big recommendation, but really look at your process first, because again, we're led to believe that, you know, purchase to pay is a single process, you can automate it and streamline it. In reality, every organization has seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 journeys through that process, which right. are all desirable, whether it's capital expense, whether it's the non-PO journeys for <laughs> rent and utilities, whether it's the, you know, whether it's direct, indirect, all, all the different things you have. So you've got to map those out and work out how they work. So mapping out the processes first is critical and then work out what policies are appropriate for each of those journeys. Define the policies, but then communicate it, not just internally in the organization, but to your supply base. They have got to know what the policies are and the impact of those policies on them getting paid. The great news is if you want to change behavior, follow the money, which means that, which means that trying to change behavior in your own organization is much harder than trying to change behavior of suppliers because you, the local CFOs and controllers of your suppliers are most concerned about cash flow. They want to get the money in. Right. If they know certain things have to happen to get the cash in, they will do it. But if they don't know, it won't happen. Right. Right. So that's what I say. Policies, good policies, well communicated, and it isn't one policy for the process. It's one policy per uh, supplier segment or spend segment. You know, it varies. So you've got to put that effort in first. Right. Sometimes just telling the supplier what you need in order to pay them. I mean, exactly. as you said, they want the money. Automation is here to stay, and you will get the most out of it, as Dan has has discussed, by recognizing the issues and working with them. That's why we recently did a short video on these issues, so you can create a checklist to use to ensure your automation success. You can watch it right now using the link that will appear on your screen and is in the description. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up and your subscribes as YouTube and other channels take this as a sign they should share our content with other professionals just like you.